There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up reps' time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Here we go, guys. Is this happening? This is happening this right is- here, what? right now. All right, let's do it. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday, September 7th. I'm Ben Berkeley here with Mark Dent, Andrea Hudson, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. We are recording in Boston this week for Inbound, HubSpot's business event of all business events. So if your ears are picking up on just a little something different today, there's a good reason for that. That is the sound of 12,000 people networking their, their hearts out all around us. We're seeing lanyards on every neck, but on our neck, is the weight of responsibility of delivering you the news that you need. So today we're gonna be talking about Adidas. It's been a weird year for the company, but they have found salvation in an old icon, their Samba line that's lighting the shoe world of flame. We'll tell you more about that in a moment, but first let's get to a few things making headlines. No stranger to this podcast, Elon Musk is in the news for borrowing $1 billion from SpaceX. He is the rocket maker's largest shareholder and has 79% of its voting power. So he can do this, uh, but it is a practice that the Wall Street Journal called unusual. And the timing, which was right around the time he acquired Twitter, made it a little extra noteworthy. He did pay the loan back shortly after with interest. But Drea, the question I have for you on this, do you feel like you could convince HubSpot to borrow $1 billion right now? Ooh, ooh, that is such a good question, Ben. Thank you for asking. Honestly, I think it's a question for ChatSpot. I think I'm gonna have ChatSpot answer that question for me. Personally, I think I might be able to make it happen. I know a few people, but we'll check in on ChatSpot a little bit later. If anyone could, it's you. (laughs) Also, great plug for ChatSpot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I might be able to get $75. I'm, I'm hoping to expense a lobster roll that I had for lunch yesterday from HubSpot. So that's, that's basically my ambition. We will talk so much more about that lobster roll later, but we will first move on to the next item of news. The Chinese government has banned its employees from using iPhones and other foreign branded devices, disallowing the devices for work purposes and also no longer permitting them to bring their personal devices into work with them. Yikes. Uh, so the U.S. government has previously banned TikTok and other you know, Chinese-made devices. So this shouldn't be unexpected, but there is another big storyline to follow. China's one of Apple's biggest markets. Is this gonna hurt them? Yeah, and, and China tends to go through uh, a little bit tougher on, on some of these things. The, the, the federal government's ban of TikTok on, on phones and as well as some state governments have, have done that. Uh, universities have banned students from using their university Wi-Fi to look at TikTok. Those are all very soft bands. But yeah, Apple, according to the Wall Street Journal, roughly 19% of its revenues comes from China. And they have done what China has told them to do many times before, particularly with apps from their app store. So yeah, this this is something that Apple is going to really pay considerable attention to. Tesla, to bring up uh, Elon Musk once again, they have faced some kind of headwinds from China, but it hasn't affected them. I was just looking, uh, their sales in China are up 9% year over year. News that broke earlier this week. We will keep an eye on this, obviously. But first, we're going to just kind of move on right now to one final headline before our top story. 
Google is celebrating a big birthday later this month. They're going to be turning 25 years old. In a memo commemorating the company's milestone, CEO Sundar Pichai called attention to Google's unrivaled growth of its many products. Six of them have more than two billion users. He also uh, took a shot at Google Wave, which I honestly couldn't even tell you what that what was. That? We'll look that up after. No clue. But then he also kind of outlined, as all CEOs must do now and do every five seconds, why AI is a great opportunity for them. But let's actually move on to our top story now. So on my trip into Boston the other day, I kind of looked left. I saw this. I looked up a row and right. I saw it again. And this is not my personal demons we're talking about. We are talking about the Adidas Samba, the ever popular shoe, probably had one in middle school. I for sure have had a pair, not wearing them today. Missed opportunity, that's okay. But it is arguably the shoe of the summer. And so I think we let's let's talk a little bit about why. Yeah, and I, I think the shoe of this summer and the summer before that, and, and maybe the summer before that as this well, is which is, it's kind of wild that it's had such staying power, but it's it's just an ultimate classic shoe. And, you know, its origin story, like I always thought it was like indoor soccer, but it's an even cooler origin story where it was like, so people could play on an icy soccer field. And it's just like a classic design. The I think one of the more interesting things that I found out when I was reading about Sambas and other similar shoes from Adidas earlier this summer is they're actually like pretty good for your feet too. Like, cause originally designed in the forties, like they were like, Hey, let's like make sure that these are comfortable and healthy. Like, especially if you have flat feet, they're like good for you to, you know, you know, to prevent pain and everything. Yeah, totally. I mean, I love the Samba. Honestly, it's, it's something about the simplicity of that shoe. I mean, from a cultural perspective, you know, the Samba is definitely a Brazilian icon. Obviously, I mean, some people may not know this, but it's actually named after the dance, the Samba, uh, which is which is pretty awesome. But yeah, I, I personally do not own any Sambas. I did just pick up a pair of gazelles, though. Ooh, those, are uh, the, those are the cool ones, I think. Yeah, I love the gazelle. I love the gazelle. I got the, uh, I call it the Pepto-Bismol pink with the navy blue Excellent and the choice. gum sole. <laughs> I love those. So we can talk a little bit about how it's showing up in culture yep. right now. It's kind of everywhere if you look for it. It's totally. one of those things where suddenly, if you're really plugged in, I, I'm, I feel like I'm looking around right now. I'm going to find them. But I think we're seeing this, this huge moment for Sambas. It's coming at a really opportune moment for Adidas. Mark, could you tell us kind of a little bit more about the economic situation at Adidas? Yeah, like, I mean, the shoe business, opposite of a lot of other industries, had an excess of inventory during parts of the pandemic rather than a, a lack of. And so prices actually kind of started to go down in the last year or so. So that's sort of like the general thing happening to the industry. And then obviously Adidas had the huge issue with Ye, the artist formerly known as Kanye West, and they stopped selling the Yeezy sneakers, which were you know, basically their most popular sneaker for years, at their peak worth roughly $2 billion, I think, a year for Adidas. And they had a lot of inventory, like speaking of <laughs> excess inventory, that was like the most excess inventory they had because they were not, they were deciding to no longer sell it. Or at least I think, Dre, maybe you can tell us what, what they ended up doing with some of that excess inventory they had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the Yeezy business was one of the one of the largest 
parts of the pie for Adidas. And so when they got into that problem with Yeezy over those ridiculous remarks, they were really kind of at odds with what they should do with all the inventory. And it took them a little over a year to figure out what they should do. What they ended up doing about a month and a half or so ago is really kind of releasing their first final Yeezy sale. They ended up making over $430 million Which on, on those designs. They didn't even change the design. Yeah, because they were they were thinking it would be, I think they had, they were afraid it would be like a $750 million write-off. So it's like, oh, here's $400 million. That's not bad. Crazy. And I mean, one thing that Adidas did do, which I thought was really admirable, was they did decide to donate a part of those proceeds to charity. So I think that that's really important. But I mean, there's no denying that the Yeezy business was a major, major impact. But back to the Samba. I mean, the Samba is still one of the most important icons within the portfolio. Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing it show up in so many different places. We've got a lot of different celebrity collaborations. We're seeing, I think there was a, just like the numbers on on TikTok, like the Adidas Samba hashtag has, I think, 66, a little over 66 million views, which is, tells you part of the story there. It is, it is just ubiquitous. And I think you're they're looking also at a pop-up in Shanghai right now. There's an Adidas Cafe during Paris Fashion Week where the Sambo's featured. So this is a this is a really big moment for the company to be able to and, and I think actually going back for a second on what Mark was talking about earlier, this is a strange moment in the sneaker business in totally. general. You have I think Nike shares have tumbled all year long. Like they just put put up their worst stretch since going public in nineteen eighty. So there is a lot, yeah. a lot and, of tumult. And coinciding with the release of Air, the movie, you know? What the heck? Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a relation there. <laughs> something, there's something going on. But so, I guess the question that we'll end on today, in this very volatile shoe business, who's in the best position? Who do you want? I mean, honestly, like, I think there, there was one collaboration with Asamba that I did want to bring up because I think that it's such a unique approach to, to business and kind of like how they were looking at, at, at the sneaker industry. So there's a brand called Kith and Kith did a triple collaboration. So that collaboration was Kith, Clarks and Adidas and they put out an Adidas Samba. Now, the cool thing about this was obviously it sold out right away, but what Kith ended up doing was releasing more and opening up a pre-sale so that anybody who wanted the shoe could get it for a limited period of time, but they knew they'd have to wait a full season to get that shoe. Now, the retail for that shoe was around $220. If you try to buy that shoe right now, I mean, I'm a six and a half Adidas, six and a half men's. If you try to get that shoe right now and you're six and a half men's, you cannot get it. It is not available. But if you're a 10 or a 10 and a half, they're about $2,000. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I think, I, I, I mean, I am truly like a Samba original girl. Like, I think that those are really kind of the, the most iconic shoes. I would be down to like grab a collab if I could, but only at retail. Like, I could not drop two bands on that. No. <laughs> nope. I, I thought about, I, you're, you're saying this, and I'm like, yeah, well, sure. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and th- Mark? Yeah, I, I would say Nike, honestly. Never count them out. But let's get away from sneakers for one second. Give me Crocs, all right? They, oh, no. They are the darlings. Wow. They are the ones oh, who no. have risen above everything. <laughs> they may not look the greatest, but they are selling. The, they, they just partnered with Pop-Tarts <laughs> for their big collab. Oh, no. So uh, <laughs> the most surprising thing, I don't know if you'd call it a sneaker, certainly, or even a shoe, the most surprising thing that you put on your foot to be financially <laughs> successful in these last few years. I bet we could find some Crocs if we, if we looked around here. I'm confident there's some oh, yeah. orange Crocs <laughs> floating around. That'll do it for us today. Thank you for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. 
Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email, and we will see you tomorrow. What there? Wow. I honestly didn't think there were people there. <laughs> I, I just like thought that was it. There are people over there. <laughs> there are people over there. Oh my God. And there, and there, and there. I guess they could hear it. I don't know. Wow. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.